Everyone. Okay, Parsha's Kitetsi. What I'd like to do is share two different aspects of the Parsha that both have to do with the peh, with the mouth and with dibur, uh, the idea of speaking. These are two totally unrelated aspects in the Parsha, but they both come together in the same week, and we'll see they're more related than what would normally, or what would meet the eye just in a simple reading of the Pasuk, and then use that um, and conclude with an amazing story I heard this morning. Uh, about Rafershal Shechter, a Shashiva of Yeshiva University. But let's start, let's learn a little bit. I'm going to share my screen. Uh, let's learn two separate topics. Uh, the first topic actually has two manifestations in the parish, and then the second manifestation. There's really going to be three different things that we're going to cover uh, this morning. First thing that I want to cover is the concept of the mitzvah of Zechira. There are a certain, there are six different aspects, six different topics the Torah tells us about throughout the Chomish that we have a mitzvah lizkor, to remember them. Two of them appear in this week's parish. So let's take a look at the two times in this week's parish we have the mitzvah of remembering something. First one has to do with Miriam. Uh, you see on the screen in front of you, there are two samachs. Every time you see a little samach like that, that symbolizes that in the actual Sefer Torah, there is a paragraph break. So that there are different topics and the Torah breaks up the different paragraphs uh, to, for the different topics. And we have the following. Be careful, Moshe says to the Jewish people. Guard or be warned about tzara'as. Now tzara'as, we know, gets an entire to Psukim Tazria Mitzora back in Sefer Vayikra. So Moshe here, as he does many times, is sort of reminding the people, remember, be careful with Negat Saras, Me'od, be very careful. And to do everything, I'll give you the English translations as well, to do everything that the Kohanim uh, instruct you, Kasher Tzivisim, like they will command you, Tishmeru Lasos, whatever they tell you, do. Rashi here points out, as does the Ramban, this is not the mitzvah of tsaras that we've already, as I mentioned, received at length in, in Sefer Vayikra. Moshe here is warning the people to listen to the Kohanim. Make sure you show any discolorations to them. Behave as they tell you what to do, whether or not it means to quarantine, whether or not it means to um, your Tameh, your Tar, whatever the laws are. Uh, be careful, listen to the Kohanim. The Ramban points out the Kohanim themselves don't need an additional warning. Kohanim's reason, hey, the Kohanim listen. They're careful. They, they act with alacrity. This is a reminder to the people to listen to what the Kohanim tell them what to do. And then Moshe adds in Pasuk test 9, in front of you, Zachor es Asher asa Hashem Elokecha Miriam. Remember that which Hashem did to Miriam, Baderech Mi Mitzrayim, when you left Mitzrayim. Remember what Hashem did to Miriam. Now, we remember that story. Miriam spoke Lashon Hara about her brother Moshe. And she was struck with tsaras, and the entire camp had to wait a week for her to heal from her tsaras before continuing their journey. What's the connection between these two psukim? The first pasuk, which says, "Be very careful um, to do exactly like what the Kohanim say with tsaras, and remember what Hashem did to Miriam." So Rashi comments that the connection is a reminder to us: if you want to be careful with tsaras and you don't want to suffer from it, remember what Hashem did to Miriam. It's like a, a helpful reminder to keep us uh, on the straight and narrow regarding speaking Lashon Hara and regarding Tsaras. Remember what Hashem did to Miriam. That will help you avoid the problem of Tsaras. But the Ramban comments here, this is not just a tool in order to remember. The Ramban says, 
This is actually a mitzvah, one of the 613 mitzvahs, which the Ramban says, many of those who count the mitzvahs do not count this as a specific mitzvah. Like Rashi says, not a mitzvah, it's just if you want to remember, you want to make sure you don't get saras, remember him. Ramban says, no, this is a mitzvah, it's a requirement, just like Zacharis Yom HaShabbos Lekadcho, just like we have a mitzvah to remember uh, Shabbos, Zacharis Asher Asashem, Asher Asolucho Amalek, Remember what a Amalek did you, which we'll speak about in a few minutes. We have mitzvahs to remember certain things. This idea, we have a mitzvah to remember what Hashem did to Miriam. And if you look in many Sidurim at the end of Shachris, there'll be a list of six Zechiros, six times the Torah uses the word Zachor. Many people have the custom to read those six Psukim every day to fulfill the mitzvah of remembering these various things. So every time we say this Pasuk right now, we're fulfilling one of those mitzvahs, says the Ramban. We're remembering that which Hashem did to Miriam when we left Mitzrayim, how she had spoken about uh, Moshe uh, in a negative derogatory way. Says the Ramban, and this is the Azhara Miladabir Lashon Har. This is the source. You want to know where is there a Pasuk in the Torah that says you may not speak Lashon Hara? This is it. Remember what Hashem did to Miriam, Yitzavah B'mitzvah Saseh. We have a positive mitzvah to remember the punishment that happened to the Nevi'ah Hatzadekes, to the righteous prophet, the righteous prophetess of Miriam. Now, the Ramban says an amazing thing, the way that he describes this. Shelo dibra elo ba'achiha gimul chasdo asher ahevato She only spoke about her brother, who she loved, who she stood guard back in Mitzrayim on the Nile River to make sure that nothing would happen to him. She loved him like she loved herself. And when she spoke negatively, it wasn't in front of him that he should be embarrassed. And she didn't speak publicly. She only spoke between herself and her brother, her holy brother Aaron, and they spoke privately. And all she was doing was for his benefit and for Tzipora's benefit, Moshe's wife. And still, she was not saved from punishment. So says the Ramban, you know what the, the prohibition, the mitzvahs are say to remember Miriam, who had all the right intentions, who loved her brother, and yet still was punished. How much more so do we have to be careful when we might not love the person we're speaking derogatorily about as much as Miriam loved her brother. We might not be speaking as privately as Miriam was only with her holy brother when we speak derogatorily about somebody else. Just remember what happened to Miriam. This is the mitzvah of that which took place to uh, remember what happened to uh, Miriam. So the Ramban says, and from here Chazal saw, here Chazal saw, that it's not just a sipur ve'etzah bilvad, it's not like Rashi said, just as a, a tool to remember. The, and how could it be, the Ramban says, that Lashon Hara, which is so significant, so severe, shouldn't have its own mitzvah saseh to remember. And that's what we have uh, right here. Fine. That's what we have over here. Whether you intend to hurt, you didn't intend to hurt, it's private, it's public, we learn from Miriam, all of that. Okay, that brings us to, now that we have this mitzvah of, to remember that which, how do we fulfill this mitzvah? What does it mean to say, remember? Zachor, okay, I have to remember. 
what would it look like to remember? Is it just something that I need to do in my mind? Do I need to say something? Do I need to read something? How exactly does it look to fulfill this mitzvah of remembering that which Hashem did to Miriam? To address this, let's take a look at the next time, which is in our same parsha, that the Torah uses this word zachor, and see how the Ramban addresses that as well. And that is at the very end of our parsha, the, what we know as uh, Amalek, Zechiras Amalek. We have to remember that which Amalek did to us when we left Mitzrayim. Let's take a look at some of these psukim. It's right here at the end of our parsha, at the top of your screen. Zachor, Pasuk Yud Zayin, 17. Zachor, Esasher, Asalachon, Amalek, B'derek, B'tzeis, Chamim, Mitzrayim. Again, Zachor, remember that which Amalek did to us when we left Mitzrayim, Asher Karcha, B'derek, they happened upon you on the way. They attacked the weak and the tired in the back of the camp. You were tired. They did not fear Hashem. And therefore the Pesach concludes, When Hashem will grant you safety and rest in the land that He has promised you, You will eradicate the memory of Amalek from in the heavens. Lo tishkach. Do not forget. Do not forget what they did. And this is the mitzvah of remembering that which Amalek did to us. The Ramban comments here as well that we find, we find in the language that the Torah uses a double language. The beginning language, the beginning phrase of this paragraph was Zachor, remember. The last phrase is Lo Tishkach, don't forget. What's the difference between Zachor to remember and Lo Tishkach that you shouldn't forget? So the Ramban comments, the phrase Lo Tishkach would mean don't forget it in your heart. It should always remember, you should always remember, it should remain there, you're familiar, you're aware of the story. What's then added by the phrase of Zachor? So Zachor is that you must Utter it with your mouth. It's not enough just to have it in your heart. That would have been from the words, Lotishkach. From Zachor, we learn something else that it must be in your mouth, just like we find by Miriam. Both of them have the language of Zachor, and they both must be Bipeh. Now the Ramban address what needs to be done Bipeh. How exactly does that look? So he starts, he quotes Chazal. The sages derive from here that it means... Shinikra Parshas Amalek Bitsibor. That uh, yeah, we publicly read it, that you have to take out a Sefer Torah, and we read Parshas Amalek Bitsibor, and we have a remis here in the Chumash when it says Zachor, not just to be aware of it, but to actually have a time of year, which we do right before Purim, of course. We have Parshas Zachor, everybody comes to Shul, and we read Amalek. That's how Chazal understood what it is that the Torah wants from us with this mitzvah. However, says the Rabban, the simple meaning of the Zachor, Hanachon, he says, is Shelotishkach Masha'asalanu Amalek, Ad Shenimcha Shemo Mitachasasharam. We have to keep it alive. The memory must be kept alive until we can fulfill blotting out their memory when Hashem will grant us the land and we'll be able to do so. And then he adds, And to tell the story to our children, and to the generations that come, 
This is what Amalek did to us, this wicked nation of Amalek. And that's why we are required to obliterate that. Meaning, the simple meaning of Zachor, Lotishkach again, is in my heart, I shouldn't forget. Zachor is, tell the story. Tell it to your children. Make sure that they know from generation to generation. And Chazal understood from the Zachor, do it formally. Take out a Sefer Torah. Read the Psukim. But the simple meaning of Zachor, use your mouth, tell the story. Tell it to your children and to your grandchildren. Make sure everybody knows this. And that's why the Ramban then concludes, V'chein b'maysa Miriam. And that's what the Torah also wanted from us with the story of Miriam, which happens a little bit earlier in the parsha. Zohar, remember what happened with Miriam. Nitztavinu lehodiu levaneinu. We are required to tell our children what happened to Miriam. Ulesaper bo ledoros. Every generation, tell the story. That's a chiddush, says the Raman. This is something new. You might have thought we should really not share this story. It's not right about Miriam. We should talk about Miriam this way. It's not right to speak derogatorily about the tzaddikim. We sh- I would, that's why we would have thought. That's why the Ramban says, the Torah says, The Torah require, requires a bit of us that we must make the story known and revealed that everybody's familiar with the evils of Lashon Hara. It is such a great and evil sin, and it causes so many terrible things amongst the Jewish people. The Gemara, in fact, says there are certain Averas that nobody is saved from, and Avak Lashon Hara is one of them. Everybody is guilty of Avak Lashon Hara. literally means the dust. On some level, speaking in a way, maybe we can't catch you directly and say that's literally Lashon Hara, but it has, it has a Shemet, it has a, a rumblings of, uh, of Lashon Hara. Everybody's guilty of that in some way or another. And because of the evils of Lashon Hara, how much damage it does to us as a people, the Torah requires of us, remember Miriam. What does it mean to remember? Tell the story. Speak about it. You must use your words. Formally, Chazal understand, we, we read the Psukim, Amalek, we have a, a Parsha Zohar, but the simple meaning of Zohar means talk about it. You must talk about two things in this week's Parsha. Miriam, which, which creates the mitzvah of remembering Miriam, that we understand Lashon Hara, and remember what Amalek did to us. Those are the two times we find using our mouth. Now, those are two examples, but that's really one aspect of the Parsha that I wanted to talk about. The idea of using our mouth to remember, not just our hearts, but we have to use our words to remember. We have to talk about it. We have to share certain things. There is another aspect in our Parsha that talks about using our mouth to create something, to do something, that is, really comes together beautifully with this idea of the two zechiras, the two remembrances that we have to have of Amalek and of Miriam. And that is the topic of Nidarim. Nidarim is a neder, is a vow, in which a person uh, takes a vow, says something, that they commit either to do something or not to do something. And the Torah has, this again is not the first time that the Torah discusses this idea, the Torah has a halacha that a person's words are powerful. They create halacha the same way the Torah forbids certain things and requires certain things from us. Uh, in the same way, 
uh, a person can say something, taking upon themselves, I'm gonna, I'll never drink Diet Coke again. I'm never gonna eat chocolate cake again. Or I'm going to drink water. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to give tzedakah. I'm gonna bring a carbon. Whatever they say becomes binding. And the Torah gives us a series again. This is in between two of those samachs. You'll see here again. Uh, this is a paragraph unto itself. Three psukim here in which Moshe says the following about the concept of a neder. Kisidur neder lashem. Pasuk chaveza the screen in front of you. You'll take a neder tashem. Lo sacher mo. Do not delay in fulfilling it. Person makes many vows. We make vows to tzedakah. We make vows to the shul. We make vows to a school. We make vows. I'll do this. I'll do that. You take a vow. Says the pasuk. Do not delay. Get it done. Hashem will surely require it. He'll demand it of you. And it will be a terrible sin. You'll have taken a vow and you will not have fulfilled it. Then Moshe says, And if you refrain from taking a nether, you don't take a nether in the first place. You never said anything. Then, There is no sin in that. There's no problem. Very strange language the Ramban points out. I need the Torah to tell me that I'm not guilty for not taking it. I didn't say anything. Why would, it, why would I even think that there should be such a problem? So the Ramban points out, because of the great value of a carbon, which is the standard type of nedu that a person would take to bring a carbon, some carbonos are brought because we're obligated to bring them, some we're obligated as individuals, some the community is obligated, and then an individual can say, I want to bring a nedu, I want to bring a nedava, I want to bring a special gift. And the psukim used such beautiful languages to describe the value of doing so, of bringing something to the Beis HaMikdash for Hashem. It's a reyach nichoach l'Hashem. It's a pleasing aroma to Hashem. It's mechaper, brings atonement. So a Jew might have thought, it's such a value, I, I, I need to do this. So it's true, it's a value. But you don't need to do it. It's okay. If you don't take a nether, you, there's no sin in taking a nether. That which comes out of your lips, make sure you are careful to do. Like what you said you were going to do. If it comes out of your mouth, then you're obligated to do it. In your heart, okay, we sometimes make lots of commitments in our hearts. That doesn't have the status of a neder. You said it, you brought it out into the world. You used your words to create the reality. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Or I won't do this or that. You Now you have to guard that carefully. Do not delay. Be a terrible sin if you do. So much so that the Torah then even tells you. And it's no problem if you don't. It's really no problem if you don't. But if you do, make sure you fulfill it. The Ramban comments. The Ramban comments on this, that Shlomo HaMelech in Kohelas picks up on this Pasuk, and he, as he often does in Kohelas or in Mishlei, rephrases different various Psukim of, uh, of the Chumash. Shlomo HaMelech says as follows, Kasher tidor neder If you take a neder, you take a vow, al ta'acher l'shalmo, do not delay fulfilling it, which is literally just a repeat of our Pasuk. And then Shlomo HaMelech adds in Kohelas and Perakeh, ki ein chafetz b'ksilim. Because Hashem has no desire for fools. Tov asher lo tidor. Better to have not taken a vow. Mishetidor velo tishalem. Than one who took a vow and didn't fulfill it. Hashem doesn't tolerate fools. And He's not interested in a person who takes a vow and doesn't fulfill it. Much better to have never taken the vow in the first place than to have said something 
and then not fulfilled it. This explains the Ramban, a beautiful idea. What does he mean when he says he has no desire of fools? So, hachoshvim lasos mitzvah. He has no desire of fools. These are fools who actually think that what they're doing is a mitzvah. Ka'ashir yidru nidorim rabim lios lam zeruz mitzvah. Why does a person take all of these nidorim? A person's inspired. They had a moment of inspiration. They want to do something. They want to take on something. And they're afraid they're going to lose the inspiration. So they try to quantify it as a neder. I hereby vow that I'm going to do whatever it was. I, I, I just went, I had this most amazing drasha on Shabbos, this amazing sermon. I heard this amazing, I just saw something. I want to do that. And so they take upon themselves with a, a, a neder. And it's coming from a good place. However, says the Ramban, but they didn't stop to think and say, maybe I won't be able to carry this through. Maybe I won't be able to fulfill this vow. It, it's, it's too much. But there's a reason, says the Rabban, why they didn't think it through. They took in that there. They didn't really pay attention if they'll be able to do so. But what's their thinking? And this is what the Torah is telling us not to do. They're thinking, Ki asher nidro, the positive sentiment that I had at the time of the nedr that inspired me to take, I really meant it. I did want to accomplish that. I did want to fulfill this. And maybe it was too much. I bit off more than I can chew. Okay. But the fact that Hashem sees how badly I want it, Yechoshev lo letova. He's going to look positively at me. Hashem will see. Look at how much he wants it. He even took a neder. All right. He didn't fulfill it. Nishka ferlach. Not so bad. No. No, says Shlomo Melech. No, says Moshe Rabbeinu. Lefikach yaz here. Oh, the Torah gives us a warning. Shlomo Melech repeated the warning. Al Do not allow your mouth to mislead you. Shalotarbe benedorim. Do not bring excessive, say excessive in the dharm if you can't fulfill them. Better to have never taken the vow in the first place than to say it and not fulfill it. Hashem has no tolerance for the fools who rattle off their mouth with the dharm and they can't fulfill it. If you're going to say it, then you have to fulfill it. This is the idea as discussed in many of the uh, holy works. Vayomer Elohim, in the beginning of creation, Hashem says and creates the world. Every ten asara ma'amaros nivra ha'olam pirkiyavos teaches us with ten utterances the world was created. Ten times in the beginning of Sefer Brachus, Vayomer Elokim, Yehiwar Vayomer Elokim, Vayomer Elokim, Hashem said, and when He said, He brought it into existence. It created a reality. There's much to discuss about this concept, but we're all created B'Tselem Elokim, and there's a certain power of our words that we have as well to create realities, and our words do create realities. We can take a nether, there's now a halacha. If a person violates that, he has to bring a carbon. He's obligated to atone for that which he did. He said something and he didn't fulfill it. And therefore the Pasuk says, be very careful with your nidar. If you're going to say something, do it. And if you don't think you can, better not to say it in the first place. And these are the two ideas, two different places in the Torah, this week's parsha alone, where we find this concept of using our mouth. On the one hand, to fulfill zakhar. To remember. It's not enough just to remember something in our hearts. If you want to remember Miriam, you want to remember Amalek, it must be bipeh. You have to use your mouth, whether in a formal kriya of reading in the Sefer Torah, or just as the Ramban describes, 
Teach it to your children. Share it with them. Tell it to them from generation to generation. That's how we fulfill remembering. Something which is important needs to be said. And then we find this idea of nidarim. Your words matter. The things that we say are important. And if you're going to take upon yourself something, make sure to fulfill it. Fulfill it right away. Do not allow it to hang around and not be fulfilled. Or worse, never be fulfilled. That is highly punishable. Better not to take a nether in the first place and to leave it unfulfilled. You want to say something, you mean it. You think it through. You make sure that you can fulfill it, and then you do it. Rav Hirsch has a beautiful description of why the Torah doesn't look so positively on the whole concept of taking a nether. Better not to. Better not. You don't need to. You can't. Better. Why is it such a? Uh, why does it not have such a uh, an exalted status? So many warnings not to. So the first is a very uh, an amazing thing. The first writes that a person who vows removes himself from his own existence in the present. We all live in the here and now. You want to do something? Do it. What does taking a vow mean? Taking a vow is saying I'm committing now to do or not to do something in the future. Says her first, that's the problem. You took yourself from the present and you made a commitment about how you're going to live in the future. You're projecting yourself into a future period of time that has not yet arrived, obligating yourself regarding actions at a later date. That, says Refersh, is not the way we want to live. In transporting himself in his mind into the future, which is still unknown, that's where the sin of vowing lies. This is his language. Man should rest content with directing his actions every moment of his present existence. Living it as it should be lived now. What do I need to be doing right now? What should I not be doing right now? I want to live right now. Whatever will be called in the future, that's going to be our obligations in the future. I don't need to take that action, that way of living, which is going to happen later, and I take that upon myself now. Live now, and you'll live later, later, when you need to live there as well. Whatever we're prohibited from doing then, if we should in fact not do it, we won't do it then. And that's why he says it's foolish to invest all of these trivialities and this status of a sacred obligation that concerns the future, which is completely unknown to us. What will be? Don't worry about the future now. Live now and making a commitment now. How are you going to do that? Is removing yourself from the here and now, putting yourself into the future. That's not the way. That's not the way to go. Beautiful understanding of refresh. But if you do say it. Eh, you got to fulfill it. Now you've already uttered those words and now it becomes binding and it's something that's incumbent upon you. The power of our words. I want to conclude this with an amazing story I heard literally just this morning. After I had prepared this, uh, I was uh, sent a, a story. Rehearsal Shachter Shlita is the uh, Rosh Hashiva of uh, Yeshiva University. And uh, it is well known that he never drinks tea with sugar. He drinks tea a lot. He speaks an amazing amount of times, despite the fact that he's hit 80 years old. Kanai Nari should be, uh, he should live and be well in good health. He is constantly uh, moving, running, teaching, learning. And so, you know, you get a sore throat, so he drinks a lot of tea. But he never drinks it with sugar, and nobody knew why. He doesn't, no, doesn't drink any sugar. His own children never knew why he never uh, took sugar. He was once a guest in someone's house recently, 
and the host offered him, and he said he declined sugar like he always does. And for whatever reason, the host was insistent, didn't understand. Sugar, Splenda, something. Why are you not taking anything? Uh, Why he wasn't uh, drinking sugar. And, and finally drew out of Roshachter why he doesn't drink his tea with sugar. And he said when he, when he was recently married, this is well over 50 years ago, he and his wife, in the early years of their marriage, went to Eretz Yisrael. They spent some time in Israel. They were on a kibbutz in Israel, which grew its own produce. And one of the things they had was sugar that was grown locally, whether it was in the kibbutz or from another local kibbutz. And the, their host in the kibbutz offered him tea. And he said, sure. And then the host offered him sugar. And Rav Shechter was aware uh, that sugar, as a product that's grown in the ground, from the ground uh, in Eretz Yisrael, is obligated in truma and meiser. You have to take off truma and meiser, and that needs to be done even today, even though we don't have it on a Torah-level obligation today, but it still needs to be done, as is all produce that's grown in the land of Israel. Before uh, you can eat it, it needs to make sure that it was uh, separated appropriately. And Rav, Rav Shechter at the time didn't think that the host was aware even if he was aware of the concept of taking truma and meiser, but he didn't think that the host was aware that it would apply to sugar. So he was suspicious that the sugar that was being served to him had not been appropriately tithed, and therefore he wasn't allowed to eat it. So he said to his host, I don't take my sugar, my tea with sugar. That's how he got out of declining the offer. I don't take tea with sugar. And he said from that moment on, when those words left his mouth, he never took his tea with sugar again. Fifty years. I said the words, I don't take my tea with sugar to avoid a problem which he was concerned about the status, the cashless of the sugar. But the words went out of his mouth, I don't take tea with sugar. Fifty years went by. He never took his tea with sugar. That's what it means, Motzei Sefasecha Tishmor Ve'asisa. The words that come out of your, out of your mouth, as the Pasuk in this week's passage we just read, you be very careful to fulfill that which comes out of your mouth. This is why people are careful to say, Blined, I'll meet you tomorrow, Blineder, I'll take care of it, Blineder, I don't want to take a vow. Because a person who is sensitive to the words that leave their mouth, no, if it comes out, it's a reality, and that's how I live. I will fulfill that which I say. Truly an amazing story about what it means to pay attention to everything that comes out of our mouth and to live by it, to uphold it, to upkeep it. Better not to take another and not fulfill it. But if you say something, if you say something, then you fulfill it. And that is how we also use the power of our words to fulfill the mitzvah also in our parasha of remembering a Miriam, remembering the power of Lashon Hara, the negative power of Lashon Hara, and to make sure that we avoid it, and to remember that which Amalek did. We say it, we share it, we talk about it, because there's a power in the words that we use. We use it for good, we use it to make sure we stay away from bad, and whatever does come out of our, our mouth, we make sure that we fulfill everything that we say. Thank you always. Uh, thank you again to the Brutt family for uh, sponsoring our learning today. And always great to spend some time with you. Look forward to learning again next week. Have an amazing day.